0: Yes, let's get it again. Yeah, Monday Night Raw podcast from the shadows at his plate doing that thing. WWE, and Monday Night Raw baby. Let's get it. What's going on, everybody? <clears throat> let's get straight to the meat and potatoes of this opening segment on Monday Night Raw. New era. We all know who's going on from last week. We know. Becky Lynch has been making entrance after entrance after entrance from last week's SmackDown to the week before SmackDown to Raw, both Raws. It's, she's been uh, quite the focal point going into the main, well, a main event at WrestleMania against Ronda Rousey. She turns out to be cleared. She's in the ring with Triple H and Stephanie, and they're asking her very simply to apologize. Now they threw back to a video package of uh, last week on Raw where Becky Lynch. Was being told to go to the doctor And if she wasn't she'd be suspended Key point of that uh, Video package was with, Well the promo whatever Was Becky saying that She wasn't going to be responsible For What happens if Stephanie gives her that Sort of ultimatum again Clearly we know what took place And this week they're asking for an apology They're asking for Becky to be responsible for you know unjustly hitting them they were let's just make the logic of it we all know becky's a badass but at the same time we did hear what charlotte said last week on smackdown about ignorance and arrogance becky did go see her doctors too maybe not the wwe doctors, says triple h but she did go see her doctors Medical staff from the WWE conferred with him. And everything is fine. Becky's knee is uh, looking much better. She's walking smoother as far as the storyline goes. And, you know, in a couple of weeks, apparently in rehab, she'll be back to normal. And she'll be good to go at WrestleMania. The match is on if she can apologize. And she's choosing not to. Because she thinks that it's all Uh, an elaborate setup from these guys They've been uh, screwing superstars Throughout uh, the decades But at the same exact time This is a new era we're in We all know that everybody wants to see this match But Becky doesn't want to apologize It's like We understand that she, gets, she finally got what she wants But she's not going with it Because she doesn't want to be responsible for putting hands on two of the bosses of WWE uh, it's it's a time where the bad assery boils over and you you either got to hold it or fold it I know I think even uh, I think the King said that back in old WWE days like on the, the 2k games and the other ones are uh, preceding it but Right now, Becky is, uh, not folding, and I don't know, like, we know that she has a replacement lined up in Charlotte, we know that, uh, we know she wants this match more than anything, Charlotte could easily work her way into this, for whatever it's worth, I've only saw an hour of the show last night, so I don't know what's gonna take place, I don't know the decision that Becky's gonna make, so we'll all find out together, uh, I've been avoiding all of the spoilers, so we'll uh, get into this when that part of the night uh, approaches. But for right now, Becky's not apologizing, and she has a choice to make. I think, oh, actually, let's not let's say she let's not say she didn't apologize. Let's say that she has a decision to make, and she has to the end of the night to make it. That's the opening segment, you know. Becky was uh, talking some more fire to Triple H and Stephanie and eventually Stephanie got up in Becky's face. I have to say, she's not afraid. Now, stephanie been in there with the best of them. From, uh, from Jacqueline to China to Nikki Bella to Ronda Rousey, you know, so Becky Lynch is another one that she could go in there with. That was a real good spot for me. I thought it was real cool to see Stephanie, like, With zero fear on her face. We all know that uh, every year at WrestleMania, you know, she has a moment. So I'm interested to see what the moment is, you know, where, you know, something crazy happens to her. But that's all down the line in this moment right now. You know, she got up in Becky's face. So maybe we will get that triple threat with Stephanie. I mean, with Ronda Rousey, uh, Becky Lynch, and Stephanie. Who knows? I don't know. I'm just, you know, throwing random spaghetti at the wall. It's all funny. But either way that was that segment. They, you know, calmed down, everybody, uh everybody took it easy, Papa H, you know, Triple H came through regulating, acting like a dad and, you know, told her to just make the choice by the end of the night. So we're gonna see how that all turns out and we're quickly segueing into the triple threat tag team, well, women's triple threat tag team match between the Boston Hug Connection, Nia Jackson, Tamina, and the Riot Squad, is uh, Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan. Uh, they're going to be going at it in that form of match to see who's going to be the first, or well, whoever gets pinned is going to be the first entrant into the Elimination Chamber match, streaming live this Sunday on W, well, on WWE Network and. uh... <sighs> We, this, is, this is already starting out to be a crazy role So let's see how the rest of it plays out So on a smart tagging strategy Nia Jax and Tamina were able to pick up the victory Last week I said there were no women's tag team matches on Raw That was my bad I uh, forgot that they had one Because Sasha had uh, only came through with that assist when she pulled Bailey out of the way And she was able to pick up the victory over Nikki Cross and Alicia Fox so my bad on that either way uh, will you see that Becky? Anyway um, we, I, I don't want to make any jokes <laughs> shouts <out> to Becky <laughs> you know but either way um, this week uh, like I said Nia Jackson to me were able to pick up the victory a couple of smart tags toward the end Nia Jax was able to get Bailey and' well, hit Bailey with a small and drop and uh, pick up the one two three for the win. Now, the thing is, Sasha Banks was attacked outside of the ring by Ruby Riot and Sarah Logan. Grace pushed her into the uh, barricade and then lived, um, excuse me, Sarah Logan uh, ran up with a knee directly to the barricade. Her face was in between. It was crazy. It was crazy. But um, this uh, caused the medical staff to come out and escort Sasha uh, to the back. And this is the second week in a row where Bailey was in there alone. Bailey had a great showing, also did uh, Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan. They both uh, had real cool spots uh, showing off uh, some of the agility and the power elements of what their team is. I said it last week, we saw a lot of that in ring this week. Liv Morgan looked great taking moves and uh, Sarah Logan looked excellent. Uh, doing both, you know, not to say anything bad about Liv Morgan's offense, you know, good draw kicks, couple of great spots, we know she is the matrix bridge to be able to dip out the way, so these are, these are good spots, I like the, I like the in-ring offense, but they were ultimately taken out, nine jacks into me to pick up the victory, so the losing team has to go in first, this means Bailey and Sasha Banks are going into the elimination chamber at number one, uh, this, uh, we don't know who the number two team is going to be, but number one is definitely the most difficult place to start from. Obviously, one and two, but them going in first is uh, going to be a true uphill battle to get to the Women's Tag Team Championship. So we know this is a first ever thing, and Bailey and Sasha are the favorites going in, so now they're going to have the uh, toughest hill to climb or the toughest mountain to climb. As far as getting their goals, if they win, I think it would be very respectable if they're starting out at number one, but if we're really looking at how the match is really structured and storyline as such, well, you know, how we're supposed to look at it, then this gives an opening to every other team, you know, it really, really uh shakes things up as far as that match is concerned because... Uh, I think it's, let's say like this, I think it's going to be that much more entertaining watching the favorites going to number one, because I don't want to say we all know anything could happen, but there's a chance that they could walk out as the first several women's tag team champions. I don't want to go too far down the line, but I know, of course, you know, we're on the road to WrestleMania, so to see... uh, uh, see someone uh, pick up those titles at WrestleMania would be a big thing. So we would have to see Sasha and Bayley lose. But this is, is so far down the line. I don't really, that's why I said I don't like going uh, too far into the future as far as WWE storyline goes, because clearly, clearly anything can happen. So uh, let's go ahead and get into the next segment. Cut backstage, still got Becky uh, walking around, not moping, but clearly in deep thought. And uh, walks by Elias, so we, uh, we're coming up on a, an Elias segment that everyone is always looking forward to. Uh, and, uh, you know, go through the commercials, get back, and Elias is in the ring getting ready to speak, and they cut backstage to Becky Lynch again. This time she's talking to uh, Finn Balor. Finn Balor is saying, uh, not he's not going to tell her what to do, but pretty much, uh, you know, has definitely been the... It's a reason why she got here, but it shouldn't be the reason uh, why she isn't here anymore. how he said it, but that's pretty much it. Pride has gotten the better of many a man. And, uh, you know, it was something for Becky to think about. As, uh, you know, they interrupted Elias. Whatever, though, right? So uh, now we can go ahead and get into what Elias is, uh, getting ready to sing for us. Wait, hold on. So we cut to a video package of, um, Seth Rollins, uh, from last year, and it was a true reminder that, you know, outside of the, uh, quoted hot potato that he had with the Intercontinental Championship and. In, uh, Dolph Ziggler, he had an amazing year last year. He traveled with the Intercontinental Championship. You know, he uh, won it at WrestleMania, but he won the gauntlet match all the way back. I remember that was an hour and five minutes that he was in the ring for, and uh, something like that. Something like that. But he really, really showed out that match, and that led into the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, victory at WrestleMania between him and the well, him, The Miz and Finn Balor. He went on, you know, it was going in the World Cup. Believe we he was there. You know, there's a lot of other moments, a uh, couple of other pay per views. But Seth Rollins really showed out throughout the uh, year of 2018. For real, for real. So I like that. I like how they, you know, highlighted all of it. Then he won the tag team championships, and basically was tag team champions by himself, you know, but it did look good to, you know, see him with the Intercontinental Championship and the Tag Team Championships at the same time. You could even go all the way back to when he was World Heavyweight Champion and United States Champion at the same time. He definitely did have a statue in his honor. So, Seth freaking Rollins is getting ready to go on to WrestleMania and take on Brock Lesnar. I cannot wait to see how that match plays out could he do what Roman did you know we will find out did he beat him at Mania no well I have to go back to the WWE Network and find out for myself at this point but Seth freaking Rollins just interrupted Elias again like well it wasn't him the first time but we, Elias was interrupted man what the heck this isn't even cool but Hopefully now, we can finally get into what's gonna, you know, what Elias has to say to the crowd this week. Alright, let's go on into it now. Hello, Elias. <laughs> oh my god. The <laughs> oh, no. party, gosh. Wait a minute now. Kalisto on guitar? <laughs> okay, so Kalisto was so good that Elias wanted to play a, have a play a duet with him. You know, uh, the the house party guys were over on the ropes and uh, were on the turnbuckle chilling, and uh, Elias wanted to went to go get his other guitar as Kalisto waited, and Elias mopped that man. There's no other way to say. He hit him so hard with the guitar, it it definitely made us forget about how the guitar barely broke last week with Jeff Jeff Jarrett and uh, Road Dog with no disrespect to them at all. But um, yeah, this week it was completely hilarious. You would actually think that Elias was maybe going to do a segment, or do a, a duet with Kalisto on the guitar, but either way, it ended in hilarity. Elias ran off, flew up the ramp. You know, this might set up for uh, some sort of rivalry in the future. Uh, Kalisto and Elias, it's a little bit of a David and Goliath feel to that. We know Kalisto can do amazing things. And I think it would actually be a real good, uh, a real good showing for Elias as far as uh, how to move in the ring. You know, because he's in there with somebody that is literally uh, agile. You know, almost the definition of that. You'd find a picture of Kalisto if you were looking for it. If, I mean, if you're looking for, you know, agile and a dictionary, I'd almost say. But either way, we're going to get into the uh, Bobby Lashley versus uh, Finn Balor match. Apparently, at the Elimination Chamber, it's going to be a very unique uh, way that the Intercontinental Championship is defended. The Almighty is going to be with Leo Rush in the ring, and they are going to take on uh, Finn Balor. It's an extraordinary task, but he is an extraordinary man, and we know the rest, so uh, to have the opportunity to pin Leo Rush and become Intercontinental Champion is uh, odds in his favor, but at the same time, you'd have to get uh, his speed under wraps, and you'd have to get Bobby Lashley's power out of the way, so we know Finn is capable. Some of it seems like happenstance, you know, he took an opening against Brock Lesnar, uh, in their match for the Universal Championship back at the Royal Rumble, you know, we kicked them into the announce table What are the odds that that were to happen again? There could be another way that Bobby Lashley is to, you know uh, Down, excuse me, Finn is able to down Bobby Lashley, but well, we don't know so It's a fairly intriguing match and I think that's a little bit of the change that we're talking about in the new era. These are very subtle changes, but these are uh, new matches, so to speak. And we haven't seen Finn and Bobby Lashley really go at it. So let's uh, well, not that I can remember. I could be wrong. Could have been a random time on one of the shows, but either way, where it means something, this is the first time for me. I'm interested to see how it all goes down. Wait, they're not gonna have a match. I apologize. They're gonna definitely have the match on Sunday, but. Finn Balor's going to be taking on Drew McIntyre. We know they've had some uh, beef uh, in the past couple of weeks and months, really. They had that match where Finn was able to pick up the win a couple of pay-per-views back. I wouldn't dare attempt to say which one, but they definitely went at it. Finn was able to pick up the win, so right now I'm just going to personally put the momentum on Finn's side. Let's uh, get into the match though, see how it all plays out. So we, uh, we actually drift into a six-man tag, turned it into that, and uh, it's uh, now uh, Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley, and Baron Corbin taking on Kurt Angle, Finn Balor, and Braun Strowman. We all know these guys have had beef going to each of them, you know. Uh, Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley, and Baron Corbin, since Baron Corbin was acting GM, you know, they've been going at it. Now he's acting GM because he replaced Kurt Angle's job. You know, he, he stepped in and got sent on a permanent vacation. Braun Strowman, I believe, if I have said it yet, he had his elbow shattered by these guys. And, uh, wait, who's the next man? Is that uh, Baron Corbin, Kurt Angle, and Finn Balor? Finn has been in the middle of his getting involved in matches. And they, you know, he has the one over Drew. So these guys going at it and, like, turned the regular match into a six-man tag. So it's, uh... Well, and the reason why all of this uh, broke down the way it did is because uh, Leo Rush attempted to interfere. He actually had uh, Drew McIntyre down outside of the ring. He was going to go for, I believe, that uh, uh, front flip tope over the top. And Leo Rush grabbed at his leg. He went and delivered a drop kick to Leo outside of the ring. And when he uh, got, Drew got into the ring, but he got Drew into the drop zone. He He kicked him into the ropes. And was going up for a coup de grace. And before he could jump, Bobby Lashley came and pushed him down into the ropes. Which would, we'd call it a DQ. You know what I mean? But this match continues. And now we got a six-man tag on our hands. All right, six-man tag went cool. It it, it was a two-parter as far as that match went. Um, Bobby Lashley was able to pick up the one, two, three on Finn Balor. But the match had to be restarted. Finn got his feet up on the ropes and... uh, the referee didn't see it. This brought out another ref from the back, I believe. The ref that didn't see it was John Cone. This brought out uh, Chad Patton to come out and let him know, no, no. His foot was on the ropes. The match has to uh, continue. The match was restarted. These guys went at it. Uh, the highlights were Braun Strowman getting Claymore twice. He even got Claymore into the WWE universe. Um they had it was a standard uh, matchup after that. Kurt Angle was taken out. It was basically a three on one. Uh, Finn Balor was uh, fighting as much as he could, but he couldn't hold on for too much longer. Eventually, Kurt Angle was able to get up and uh, yeah. hit a German suplex on uh, Baron Corbin outside of the ring. Braun Strowman got up and got the hot tag. These are all uh, different. These are random moments. It's not necessarily in order, but. These were big happenings. It was a fairly long match, you know. It started out as a singles competition. It ended up being a six-man tag. It was a three-on-one for a moment. So, these are good. This is a uh, cool storytelling. It was real cool either way. Uh, Bobby Lashley thought he was going to be able to get the rolling Spear on Braun Strowman. But, Braun Strowman was able to hit him with the running power slam. Had Bobby Lashley right in the center of the ring. And this set up then battles for the coup de grace, which led to the victory. But, The distance that he went from the turnbuckle, well, from the top rope to the center of the ring. You know, I'm not really a huge fan of that finishing maneuver, but it did look great from that distance. So, you know, that's just something that I liked about it. I think, uh, like, again, I was never really a huge fan of that move, but I definitely enjoyed seeing it that time around. All right, Kevin Owens coming back in about a month or so. Cool up, upst- I mean, cool uh, update uh, from wherever he was at in Canada. Apparently, he's at a bowling alley uh, with his family. He's been enjoying his time uh, home, spending time with them. But he definitely wants to get back on WWE television. You could feel it in the way he was speaking, and I'm, I anticipate it. You know, I'm, I can't wait. I've always enjoyed the Kevin Owens character from. Uh, when he made his debut and beat John Cena that night, you know I was watching that night. It was very, very cool. He powerbomb Machine Gun Kelly off stage. You know a, he's given us a lot of amazing moments. So whenever he gives back, he gives back, and we can't wait for it. Either way, he's gonna. Well, we're getting into a women's division match between the crazy Nikki Cross, respect the crazy, uh, going up against Ruby Ryo, who's gonna be taking on Ronda Rousey this Sunday at Elimination Chamber for the World Women's Championship. So, let's get into the match and see how it all plays out. Wait, before we do, Becky Lynch met backstage with Charlie Caruso, and uh, she asked, uh, What's Becky gonna tell the fans if she doesn't go through with the apology tonight to the McMahon family? And Becky tells Charlie that it's none of her business and keeps it moving. Very disrespectful, but Charlie's been getting fairly, uh, fairly petty on on the backstage interview level. It's uh it's pretty funny. I've been hearing some people ask questions about it, um on these social medias, and I think it's very cool that WWE is paying attention and you know uh, letting the backstage announcers, uh, you know, get a little bit more. Uh, you know get a little more spicy with some of the ways they're uh, approaching the wwe superstars in their storylines so let's uh see how that all uh continues in the coming weeks but right now let's go ahead and get into this women's division match whoa we'll cut backstage and becky and ronda talking mm. People out there and say anything other than I'm sorry, I'm just admitting to a world too much of a coward to face me at WrestleMania. And that makes sense. Man, look at that, look at that. Take nothing away from Nikki Cross and defeat. Ruby Riot was able to pick up a victory off of the Riot kick, but this wasn't after a lot of ring apron spots, the spot where she fell into the ring skirt, Ruby Riot got punched out a couple of times by Nikki Cross. Nikki Cross definitely has a future on the main roster. She's, uh, she's crazy, you know? To insert her into some crazy storyline would be, uh, well worth it, I believe. And in the coming months, because, you know, right now we're still dealing with Ronda and, and, uh, Becky. But in the coming months, as time progresses itself, uh, It's definitely going to be cool to see most of these women vying for the Women's Championship. And what we will not do is exclude Ember Moon. Just because we haven't seen her for a couple of weeks doesn't mean we forgot about her. So, Sasha Bailey, I'm leaving it to you guys. Please remind the McMahon clan that we all love Ember Moon on this side. And, uh, you know, not saying we need to see her on TV immediately, but I mean... You know, she is definitely a part of the women's division. I know tonight we're supposed to be having that Natty. Well, maybe, depending on how things went. But we were supposed to have a Natty and Dana Brooke matchup. I don't know where that's at. That was a segment that (laughs) made me chuckle last week. But either way, uh, Ruby Riott picks up the win against Nikki Cross and has some momentum going into uh, her women's championship match versus Ronda Rousey this Sunday at at Elimination Chamber, streaming live on WWE Network. Oh man, next up we got Paul Heyman coming out. I don't know what he's gonna say, but we know that. Uh we know what happened last time. Brock Lesnar was on uh Monday Night Raw. We saw what happened to Seth that ended the show and um, is Brock Lesnar with him tonight. We've seen Paul Heyman come out and go at it alone and uh we're gonna see how it all happens. Oh, excuse me how it all plays out next. Long and winding is the road to WrestleMania. So, with Paul Heyman and Seth Rollins in their segment, speaking on the match between Seth and Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, I'm not going to really get into any details of it. We know that Paul always has a lot to say and he's uh, always exciting on the microphone and Seth with this type of match with the magnitude of it all i say is he is uh he is definitely aware that brock has been holding this industry hostage he said it was for two long years and now he's going to do anything and everything it takes to walk out of wrestlemania as the universal champion and even at the risk of this being his last match now Inside a storyline all of this stuff is very deep talk even my man Seth going as far as to say He's selling soul to the devil for this one to get the universal championship back on raw Seth looked different when he went, you know As far as to speak on it being his last match, you know, he feels different now it's uh, he's well aware of what he has to uh, go through to become universal champion, so we're gonna let this build. I've given already uh, too much words. You know, this is this is what we're all here for. This is what we've all been waiting for. It's a huge match. We're still on the road to it, so I'm just gonna continue to let this marinate and build. I think it's very, very, very interesting thus far. Wait, because then the Moral Compass Dean Ambrose comes out and uh actually uh asked Seth for the microphone. Small things that you notice throughout watching for a while. When the superstars get in the ring, they get their own microphones. They don't usually share a microphone, so Dean asked Seth for the microphone. Seth handed it to him, you know, Seth was fairly uh surprised the Dean came out there. We all figured that their rivalry was, you know, should finished up and, Everyone moves forward, but, you know, Dean simply says and says to Seth, uh, slay the beast, you know, it's a show of support, you know, it's, uh, I think as Corey said, same thing I was thinking, it's a mutual respect for the industry and getting the championship back on Monday Night Raw, and, uh, like I guess I'm not going to speak on anything we've heard about Dean as far as what happens after WrestleMania, I just know that right now, this was a very cool way to, uh, Show the moral compass character, you know, like it. Look, it's just, it's a good, you know, like they have a common uh, bond in the Universal Championship being back on Raw, so you can see past, you know, petty grievances and small scale stuff to, but for the greatest good in having the main championship on Monday Night Raw. Because right now, we have, you know, the almighty Bobby Lashley as the Raw champion because the Intercontinental Championship. And all of this prestige and respect that I have for it right now is the type top excuse me is the top title on Monday Night Raw. So, you know, for Dean to come out and you know do that with Seth, everyone still has a soft spot for the Shield clearly. And it was uh, good to see, you know, Dean, you know, in, in that form of character tonight. Either way, he's gonna have uh, he's gonna have some in action next. So let's see who he's taking up. Well, he's t- taking on excuse me. So Dean Ambrose gets to take on. EC3 in a rematch from last week where they all in what well, it pretty much interrupted the moment with switches which is not cool. Don't disrespect the TV show, but either way, um, come out to the ring. They had a cool match. Uh, Dean Ambrose was actually able to pick up the victory with a small package, very cool. Uh, you know, some call it 50 50 outside of storyline. Inside of storyline, I'm gonna say these guys are you know one up in each other with quick covers and quick victories these are shocks so when they actually are able to go at it one-on-one with uh something that means something inside of the match then we'll really get to see what these guys are truly capable of the small things that we did see as far as those two are concerned says that they're both very athletic like i think we might have a match for uh dean and i don't mean like an actual match of course we're gonna have an actual you know about you know but I'm talking about you know you know Dean doesn't have the greatest well, everybody some people you mix with oh, some people you mesh with some people you don't but I think EC3 and Dean are a good mesh for right now it looks pretty cool and right now they're tied one and one so let's we'll, we'll see in the coming weeks how uh the rest of that story between those two plays out and their rivalry but then we cut the backstage and we got Becky Lynch getting uh Advice from Alexa Bliss, and Alexa is saying that, you know, Becky shouldn't say sorry, she should stand up for herself, and all the rest of that, and Becky clearly says it, you know, it's all obvious, we all can see, I even said it last week, everybody's kind of, you know, wanting to jump in that spot and replace Becky, we know Charlotte is a replacement, we see Alexa Bliss throwing her name in the hat now, so this is this is good stuff, I I don't know who it's going to be, but we're all going to find out by the end of the night. As to whether or not Becky Lynch apologizes to Triple H and Stephanie McMahon for her actions, let's 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 get to that. Let's hurry it on up. Next, we get into the tag team championship match between The Revival and Rude and Gable, the tag team champions. It was an awesome match. It actually it it really showed you what tag team storytelling is all about. You know, like they. When they were near falls, everyone were able to get their offense off. Rude and Gable being more of the you know flashy, not crazy flashy, but just with more power based moves. They were able to have the momentum over the revival for a fair amount of the match. But the resilience and just the tag team expertise to always know where your partner is and what's going on with them was why the revival were able to stay in the fight for as long as they did. The end of the match saw uh these guys going for uh the f- well uh the Chad champs were going for their finishing maneuver going for the moonsault into the neck breaker a lot of uh stuff happened in between to break that up Guys, one was able to reverse it Chad Gable was going for uh the moonsault but then turned and hit the sunset uh, flip for a pin and predicament and uh got a kick out and When they were tossing Chad Gable into the ropes, both members of the Revival, he jumped to the second rope and was going to try to jump off for like maybe a double crossbody or something, but that ultimately turned into the Shatter Machine from the second rope. The crowd was way into the match the entire time. I enjoyed it. One, two, three for the Revival. These guys are your new tag team champions, and this puts the tag team division right on the track that we all wanted it to be on for the entire time, not necessarily because the tag, well, the the Revival of Tag Champs, but due in part to the Revival being Tag Team Champions. This is two teams in a row now that we have uh, the championships on that are like really respectable in the ring, you know, not to take anything away from uh, the AOP, but those guys are like the powerhouses, so to fight through them, you know, like. We got to, you know, of course they were a great team, but they even lost by like uh, different types of means. So that was the their tag run was cool, but for right now, what we looking at with uh, the revival and Chad Root and Bobby, Chad, Chad Chad Gable and Bobby Rude, they you know them as tag champs, and now the revival as the tag champions. You know, we have two two tag teams that are like really really respect the in ring competitors, you know, like they look real good each and every time they go out there, so it's a good look to see Chad Gable, Bobby Roode come out, you know, looking angry, you know, like it was was a good look because it gives a little bit more depth to their character, and as far as the revival goes. And yeah, they're just excited about winning. You know, they remember Charlie Caruso backstage, and they were uh, just elated being the new tag team champions, and this is the way it should have been the entire time. They, you know, that's how I felt in a way, but they came in, they made, you know, they splash and, you know, flounder for a while. But either way, I could talk about the tag division now all day. It's a good look to see it happen like that. Let's uh, move on into Becky Lynch's decision, though. Um, wow. <laughs> Becky apologized Triple H and Stephanie accepted it and off to WrestleMania here they go it was real cool to see Becky swallow a pride. you know it was I'm pretty sure very inspirational to, you know some people in the crowd that you know are trying to probably do that themselves or whatever and she was Definitely definitely the wrong of putting hands on them anyway. So, Either way, gave her a ticket. Well, not a ticket, but she's on the way to WrestleMania. And as they're leaving the ring, she said, well, fine. And went directly into cutting the promo. Totally pro. That was awesome. Cutting the promo directly on Ronda into the camera. And Ronda didn't need to stand backstage and hear her. She went right on out. and <clears throat> Right before we got a... I guess a crazy talk session from the two of them. Mr. McMahon comes on out and tells Becky that she thinks she's bigger than WWE, she has an attitude problem, you know, she put her hands on them and she didn't even necessarily seem, quote, genuine when she said she was sorry, I guess, you know, whatever. But said she got an ego issue, or, well, pretty much said she has an attitude problem and she thinks she's bigger than WWE. So. She's suspended for 60 days, and that would be, at least five days after Mania. She would be coming back. So, according to the way it looks right now, Becky Lynch is out for WrestleMania, out for Raw after Mania, and out for SmackDown Live after Mania. I, I, we gotta check the calendar, but we know that there's a supposed, not supposed, but we know that there's gonna be the Superstar Shakeup after Mania also. So man oh man I really don't know where that story's gonna go and replacing Becky Lynch as everyone was greatly anticipating uh, Charlotte Flair is gonna be taking on Ronda Rousey Um, I don't know what to say about that that was a definite uh, change in the course and The road to WrestleMania just uh, found a new shortcut, or we, uh, Charlotte officially was able to hitch a ride, or whatever. We don't even know if we're gonna see Becky Lynch coming in the building or not. You know, like we know they usually do that, but we don't know. Either way, as I can tell, none of the things tend to. So, shouts to Royal Club Wrestling, shouts to everything Pro Wrestling, shouts to the scumbags, shouts to fans, not experts, shouts to Tom and everyone else who brings you the podcast in the shadows each week. I will catch you guys tomorrow for SmackDown Live. Um, Definitely going to see y'all on uh, Wednesday for 2.05, and I cannot wait for the Elimination Chamber. I'm going to catch you guys next time. Peace.